episode number seven. It is the new wrestling alliance. We mean business. I am your host. I am the one. P1 J Dub roundtable style today. To my left, it is the man known as Ichi. How's it going, big fella? What's good, everybody? I want to personally thank everybody for those 100 downloads for the last episode six. Yo. I got goosebumps on top of goosebumps right now. My nipples are hard. I am excited. That's amazing. So keep listening. Everybody, um, you know, check out our social media. And exactly what he's talking about. Check out our social media on Twitter. We are NWA. Or on Instagram, New Wrestling Alliance. The new is NU Wrestling Alliance. That is on Instagram. And to my right, also known as your left, it is the man, the myth, the legend, known as Imp. How's it going, man? All right, all right. How's everybody doing? We're the podcast with a plan. I'm a man with a plan. All righty, and we have ourselves a very special guest. I'm not going to waste my breath. I'm just going to introduce him right now. The Kid Easy. How's it going, man? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me today. And before we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe how long you've been a wrestling fan, favorite wrestling, what you're most looking forward to? Oh, man. I guess we're going into my 20th year of being a wrestling fan. Uh, Favorite wrestler of all time has got to be the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, of course. And, um... If I could go a little bit forward, the only thing I'm looking forward to right now is the Royal Rumble, especially now that we know that Goldberg and Brock Lesnar will both be in it. Well, it is great to have ourselves a Heartbreak Kid fan as well. Usually I'm outnumbered Bret Hart fans uh, Bret, Bret Hart fans to Heartbreak Kid fans 2-1. to one. Glad to see everything's kind of squared away now. So... Before we're just gonna do, before we do that, we're now we're gonna throw Easy right here in the hot seat. And what you gonna do? Right here in the New Wrestling Alliance, we're just gonna do ourselves a 30-second oh round table hot seat. We're gonna say a wrestler. You're gonna just say the first thing that comes to mind. 30 seconds. Let us know when you're ready. Okay, let's get it going. Ichi, are you ready? I am ready. Amp, are you ready? Always. All righty. Paul Heyman. Phenomenal. Best talker in the business. Wrestling genius. Dolph Ziggler. Very much underrated. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to start a second job as a comedian. Ooh. Sasha Banks. Still the female to beat. One of the best. One of the best on Raw. I'm calling it next match. Charlotte versus Sasha, Ric Flair on a pole match. <laughs> Here's the thing that I don't understand about that, and I'm sorry to cut this and to, to kind of make a break for this. I thought that the Sasha versus Charlotte match, the last one they had, was the last one they were supposed to have. I did I, as well. I, they they said that, <laughs> didn't they? I think the whole the whole universe thought so, but the they're like, one. it's it's not over. It's not over. You're alive. You're alive. Okay. All right, but still, like, I, I thought that was supposed to be the last one. But let's get back on. Let's go back to the round table. We're going to go, um, hmm, The Rock. Eh, I'm good with him going. In a nutshell, the greatest entertainer in WWE history. Future president. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Whew. Austin 316 still today. It reminds me how much I want to kick my boss's ass. He made jean shorts cool. <laughs> CM Punk. Whew. One more match. The best in the world. What up, Chi-Town? I need to see another match. NWO. May they rest in peace. I second that with roses. For life. The New Day. Oh, man. Their days have to be numbered. Just come on record. Yes, it is. Kevin Owens. He comes second to the list of Jericho. I love when Kevin Owens kicks Sami Zayn's ass. <laughs> My favorite Twitter bully. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Best in the world. One of the best leaps that I've seen ever from a wrestler off the rope, period. He can't handle Ellsworth. Last but not least, The Miz. Eh, 
He had a spark when he started. Better talker than wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and he still does not get his proper respect here at the New Wrestling Alliance Roundtable, but it's perfectly fine. We're going to just talk about, we're going to talk more about The Miz later. We're going to talk about TLC. And you know what? Why not we just why not just jump right into it? What a phenomenal match. The main event, it definitely meant to close the show. Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, TLC match. I'm just gonna throw it straight into it. Easy. How do you feel about it? How'd you feel about watching it? Honestly, I loved the match. I thought it was very well done. Even though I kinda had the ending predicted in my mind beforehand. I'm sort of glad that that's not how it went. I knew Ellsworth was going to play a part, but I didn't think it would go the way that it did. But I'm pretty much happy with the result. Yeah, I can concur. Um, it was actually one of my top matches from that night. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ellsworth. Uh, I thought that it was a great plan to sabotage Dean Ambrose since Ellsworth has beat Styles three times you're ducking me styles yeah i agree i feel like this was a great way to keep ellsworth relevant i really didn't know what else they were going to do with him but (laughs) you know making him disillusioned with you know with his illusions of grandeur grandeur uh i think it's kind of funny I yeah, know, I, I was a, I was a fan of the match in general. I, I was a fan of the match in general. I'm a fan of AJ going over. I'm a fan of AJ going over the way he has been going over. It's been documented. I'm tired of Ellsworth. I, it's <laughs> it's a it's a comedy act gone wrong. It's exploiting uh, underprivileged under. I don't know. I'm not. I know. I, I feel I like it's the same I, I mean, way with us. What it is, and the thing is, like, <laughs> we're like supposed, the, are we supposed to be anti-bullying? This is exploitation. But so I could have done without. I could have done without the finish, especially when you have AJ Styles doing a phenomenal 450 splash out of the ring onto Dean through a table. Like, why are we still talking about this clown in the match? I. I disagree. I feel like that Ellsworth is definitely a plus to the Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles feud. Um, Just, you know, even as a comedy relief, but I don't think that is overplayed. I think that it was definitely um, pretty cool coming in, um, you know, with uh, with him actually knocking off AJ Styles three times in a row. I like Ellsworth. He's he's funny. I feel like it's, he gives great character to uh, the SmackDown brand, especially when he had the neck brace. I agree. Yeah. Like, like I understand what uh what you're saying, what your you know your beef against Ellsworth, but they even kind of talk about it during uh, SmackDown, saying that uh <laughs> you know Dean was using him, you know making fun of him, using him as like a little pet. So I feel like this is his way. Of making his own his own Re- way. Revenge. Yep. Does anybody here actually think that Ellsworth is going to have the WWE World Heavyweight title? What? I mean, N- no. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, but it's it's so good for what the relief. fuck is the point? Well, honestly, I put Ellsworth in like the Spirit Squad category. It was cool for two weeks. And even though I did like the finish, I am tired of Ellsworth, too, because he's not even going to wrestle like random jobbers on screen. So I don't know why he's still around. It's He's got to go at some point, right? But who knows? I believe that if David Arquette can be heavyweight champion, so can Ellsworth. Are you comparing <laughs> this WWE version to WCW's Dying Days? I'm just saying anything's possible. <laughs> I mean, we got really Goldberg. Do, do you <laughs> really think that James Ellsworth is going to be WWE World Heavyweight Champion? In my heart's of heart, no. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I will again say anything's possible. And, and matter of fact, you're ducking me, Styles. He's ducking him. Let Elworth cook. 
you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to ride out, you know, eventually. Probably, um, you know, before Royal Rumble or somehow he's going to be involved at the Royal Rumble. But I say he, I, I say he nah. rides it all the way to, <laughs> rides to Mania. Nah. I think he's nah, riding until Mania. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker better not cost AJ Styles the heavyweight championship. Truthfully, that may be the best way to get the title off of AJ, though. And I hate to say that. <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Ellsworth works for the Undertaker. Oh my god, no. <laughs> oh gosh. But what but I mean just but let's just talk about the match for us. Let's just talk about this match for a second. AJ Dean, 450 splash off the top off the top rope to the outside. I think it had every element that it had. And see, that's the reason why I get pissed off. We talked more about Ellsworth than we did about a match. <laughs> well, I think that like even was the match JBL, not awesome? I thought it was. Well, yeah, but even JBL had had mentioned it where it's where you know the Ellsworth like impact at the end set off like where you can't even like discuss the match anymore. But I mean the match was great in itself. There's no denying that. But I think to expand the um, storyline that you had to have Ellsworth do that. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like without Ellsworth. This would just be match number... What match is this that they've wrestled against each other? This is eight, nine? Probably 11. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel I mean, like... And it's... <clears throat> I, I feel like Ellsworth brings in something fresh to keep mm-hmm. their rivalry new. I mean, and it's no no knock at, uh, at Dean Ambrose, but he is a slower wrestler to yeah. wrestle with in comparison to a lot of other wrestlers that AJ Styles is usually um, match with. Yeah, it is what it is, but I'm okay with the finish because AJ Styles is still the, is still the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. We're going to take it. We're going to switch gears because... We also, because in the championship realm, we also have new tag team champions. We had Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt defeating defeating West Virginia's own double wide Heath Slater. Awesome shirt. I got kids. I got to get that shirt. And, and a politician known as Rhino. What did you all feel about the title switch? And how did this solidify Randy Orton with the Wyatt family? We're going to say, we're going to throw it over to the kid easy. Let me know what you're feeling. Honestly, at first, I hated the entire idea of Randy Orton joining the Wyatt family because it's sort of like the Ellsworth thing as far as, like, why. But after seeing it go down and seeing that they're going to do the free bird rule that the New Day does, I kind of like it because it sort of leaves the option for if there is a split for Randy Orton to go solo again at some point and the Wyatts will still have the titles. Because before this, I don't think Bray has ever had a title. And nope. I could be wrong, but I don't remember him having anything in like these two or three nah, years. This, this is his first belt. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of major for him. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to agree with uh, with Easy on this one, only because it's um, you know, like you said, like this is Bray's first belt. He's master Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a legend. Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, he's a legend killer, but he's you know what I'm saying. He's definitely perfectly matched with the Wyatt family. At first, I was thinking like, okay, where are you going with this? This is only going to last, what, a month? But it looked like it's going to ride out. You know, they won the titles, which I thought was a plus. I do like um, Slater, but I wasn't a big fan of Rhino. Um, And, I mean, eventually they was going to have to give up the belts anyway. And who Mm -hmm. isn't a perfect pair than the Wyatt family with the trio? You've seen it with The Shield. You've seen it with New Day. It's definitely working. It's it's, um, it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. I'm enjoying it. I feel like Randy's actually working perfectly with him. He brings in uh, some much-needed uh, danger to the Wyatts. Because for a while, you know, the Wyatts just lost everything. Like, they beat up people, but they weren't winning anything. And, like, now they're actually, you know, winning championships. So we'll see where this goes. Right. They're their first <laughs> one. I mean, and it is... And let me touch back on that. It's it's to the fact, I mean, we, we spoke on this on previous podcasts. It's just that it's like, what are you guys going to do with Bray Wyatt? You know what I'm saying? Um, because each time he's just jobbing, he's jobbing, he's jobbing. But now, which is good, you paired him with someone who can definitely 
um, you know what I'm saying, like set the record straight as far as like the tag team division. I think it's gonna I think it's a good future for for those two. What do you think, Jay? I think it's perfect. It's a perfect pairing because it gives Randy Orton a layer that we're not used to. It gives Bray and let's and just let's keep it up. Let's keep it a hundred. Let's keep it honest. Randy Orton brings that star quality. Randy Orton brings championships. Before Bray Wyatt was a main event jobber. He was going to get the main event feud, and you knew he was going to lose. The Wyatt family, they beat up motherfuckers. They get to a championship match. They lose. Rowan. Rowan and them. Lose. So now you have Randy Orton, and now they actually win, and they actually win belts. They become... they be, Randy Orton elevates the Wyatt family to that threatening level that that you were all were talking about so i'm all for this and honestly it's it's going to be perfect i have a theory that we have you're going to have rowan you're going to have harper they're going to come back i think that they're going to start getting jealous of orton and wyatt's uh bond and you're going to start to see the split of the wyatts but in a way that they both can stand alone Without even having to deal with each other, but you know me, I'm also a conspiracy theorist. That's an interesting take right there. I, I didn't think about that, but I mean, I guess it's possible. And we're going to talk about, matter of fact, maybe we'll um just we'll talk briefly about the match. I, I guess all wrestling matters. Kalisto versus Baron Corbin. We can go real quickly around a circle. We'll start with Emp. Let me know how you feel about that match. Why is Kalisto still on SmackDown and not in the cruiserweight division? I feel he's being wasted there. Uh, I know Ichi doesn't agree with me, but I still find Corbin boring. So I don't know. Maybe over time he'll grow on me, but right now he's just he's boring in the ring and outside the ring. Yeah, me and Emma had this discussion through um, via text. <laughs> um, Baron Baron is really growing on me. Um, I feel like he could be um, a definite top heel of SmackDown. I feel like um, he's got the charisma just, you know, to, to whoop ass. And, you know, if that's the type of wrestler that they're going, you know, coming up with as far as his character. But I feel like he just needs to be matched with better wrestlers. And also he needs, you know, some type of storyline to to work himself into. He needs to work with. Um, he needs to work with someone who's been in the business for, you know, for a little while longer so that we can see him potentially grow and so that we won't say, like, you know, that Baron's Corbin is boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think at his peak, Baron Corbin could easily be like Kane was back when he first came out as that monster heel guy that comes out and just wrecks shop. However, right now, Baron Corbin is like, the worst like he's more like jack swagger the last like two years than anything else like any program or feud that he's in is pretty much irrelevant and the fact that he's doing whatever with Kalisto and nobody even really knows why they're in this feud I mean that says enough about Baron Corbin right there (laughs) it's a complete mismatch and I'd rather just change the channel every time I see the two of them together. And we've dedicated way too much time to that. So we're going to talk about the last championship match that I think, well, the last half championship match. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. We're missing, Um, we, we have to talk about the women. Why? Not out of obligation, because we love women's wrestling here. Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss to another title switch. Ichi, what did you think about this match overall? I was very impressed in it with it with this um, tables match. I like this match. I felt I feel like the women's division on SmackDown is definitely um, more entertaining than the women's division on Raw. Um, this match with Alexa Bliss. I've been looking at Alexa Bliss's uh, talking smack. I've been watching a few of her matches. I felt like she definitely was ready for the um, the women's title on SmackDown. Becky Lynch. I'm not I'm not so with her. I'm not so with um, her character when she, you know her promos or anything like that. She's a great wrestler, but I'm just not so you know. And I feel like Alexa Bliss really added to that heel character that SmackDown Women Division needs. And Naomi needs to be her first contender for that belt. Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree that Naomi needs to be the next uh, next up in line. 
for the match itself, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it really seemed like Becky and Alexa were confused about how tables work. They kind of had trouble putting them up and like putting them in the corners and they had a little trouble, but like they worked it, they worked it out and I found it entertaining. Um, I'm definitely happy that this is this is off the record, but that was sexist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know damn well it took Becky like ten minutes to put that first table up. <laughs> I think we're all gonna agree on this one. I really did like it. I'm impressed. Alexa Bliss has come a long way since the draft. Um, I am kind of curious to see what's next for Becky because. Without her having the title, it kind of makes you wonder who's next. Because any of the girls on SmackDown could step up, in my opinion. Hopefully, it's Naomi. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I think I'm, and I'm on the Naomi train. I think Naomi should be the next contender. Not only because I think she's earned her stripes, but because she has a fucking awesome entrance. Bring it to the floor. Do that entrance one more time. Bring it to the floor. <laughs> I agree that um, that Naomi's entrance gets better every week. Yeah, like, it's, it, I find her interest amazing. And this is the reason why she needs a match with uh, Alexa Bliss. And did she beat, she beat Alexa Bliss twice. She beat Alexa Bliss, I want to say, twice, right? Twice, yes, yeah. twice. So there's no other, there's no other individual who deserves a title match than Naomi. I feel but like she's earned yeah, and I feel like WWE is gonna, you know, hopefully they don't drop the ball with this one. So, um, do you think? Uh, do you think Naomi can hang with her on the mic though? I think so. She was she was with the what the Funkasaurus back in the day. Come on, the Funkadactyls. <laughs> I think we're, gonna, was, we're, gonna, we're gonna ignoring the we're going, ignoring the obvious. Remember, she was on Total Divas. Well, she is on Total Divas. Nah, I think she got snubbed off the next season. No, she's here. She's there. Okay. Naomi, either way, yeah, Naomi needs to be the next contender. Plus, um, last but not least, the match that I personally thought was um, a hit. I know you all won't give him his just due, but The Miz retaining his Intercontinental Championship in an awesome ladder match against Dolph Ziggler. This time, I'm going to give you the alley-oop, Imp. Tell me, how'd you, how'd, you, how'd you just like this awesome ladder match and the result? Well, first off, I will always give Dolph Ziggler his due. Like, he did, he put on a really good match. Uh, he, you know, he, uh, he helped Miz through it. Uh, Miz had some good points where he, he, you know, used all of Daniel Bryant's moves and got some uh, crowd reactions. But, uh, I mean, when it came down to it, I feel like Miz actually did need to keep the belt. Uh, he's gold on the mic. I just, I'm just never really impressed with him inside the ring. I'll, I'll have to um, agree. I felt like the match in itself was definitely um, worked perfectly, more from Dolph Ziggler than from Miz. Um, but like I, you know, like M said, uh, he just kept. You know, doing like you know Dan, Daniel Bryan's moves, his, his whole move set. You know what I mean? So it's 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 apparent that you know there's some type of feud that should be steaming in the future. But um, and also to agree with him, you know he had to win that match. I mean, it, Ziggler needs to be either in a fat in a um, in a faction or some type of stable or something like that because he's not really relevant anymore. He keeps continuing to lose the titles, you know, after like two days, even like on a couple SmackDowns ago, like when they have the highlights of like the uh, specific wrestlers under Dolph Ziggler, it said that he was just a huge supporter of of breast cancer. So it's just like there was nothing like, you know, interesting. There's there's nothing wrong with being a breast breast cancer, um, you know, supporter. But that was like his own only thing in his bio. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, <laughs> easy. I mean, help me out here. You want to give the Miz some props? Well, before we get to the Miz, once again, this is another example of Dolph Ziggler making the other guy look way too good in the ring. And <laughs> you just sort of forget what Ziggler does. And it's, 
I think he might be done. I mean, I don't know what else you could possibly do with them because clearly they're not going to trust him enough to be a champion of anything at this point. And uh, on the flip side of that, looking at the Miz, he's been great on the mic for the last few months. I will say it's kind of wore off a little bit. He's becoming the regular Miz again, which is just, okay, Miz, we get it. Um, Miz beating Dolph Ziggler doesn't really do too much for him at this point. But, I mean, clearly the company feels more comfortable with him than they do Ziggler at any point. So, I'd have to say, Ziggler has to get traded. I don't even know if a faction will work. Because if he joins a faction, then he's just like that guy in the group with all these other guys we care about. So, he just has to get traded to Raw for, like, Sami Zayn or something. Yeah, um, you you made a good point, especially in reference to... um to you know Ziggler being overlooked when he's making you know Miz look good first off he really pissed me off for the fact that he was going to give up his career in a fight against Miz out of all people like Miz really Miz is going to be the deciding factor of whether or not that you end your career but that was um, a, that was an awesome match well yeah it was an awesome match thanks to Dolph Ziggler and, here's a, here's and wait, 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 wait. But here's okay. the also, here's the thing. Miz literally has not won his matches without without um Maurice. He has not. I mean, it's it goes along with his heel character, yes, but at the same time, he's not a great wrestler. He's just great on the mic. And like he, like Easy said, he's back to being just the Miz again. All righty. Now here's the thing that in each and every podcast, you all talk about it. And I keep on reminding you, he can't, it's not always the other wrestler that makes these matches. He has awesome matches with whoever he has a match against Ziggler, Zayn, Cesaro, Owens. Um, you, you're naming like some of the best wrestlers. Yeah, and it's like your name. Yeah, that Miz, that Miz has <laughs> no, been in matches with and hung with. Yeah. J-Dub, are all people that These are all people that the Miz have been in the ring with, given Correct. some belt, and had awesome matches with. Must yeah. I remind you, the Miz was take- in what is still considered possibly the match of the year in his fatal four-way between Kevin Owens, the Miz, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Okay. The Miz Yo, is Jay always Jay the Miz is in the high profile matches. The Miz is high profile. The Miz is an A lister, and the Miz is the reason why he's the he is your he is your number one heel. He's the reason why you even are entertaining the fact that Daniel Bryan can possibly come back in a match just to whoop his ass. That's how great of a heel he is. You just have you have, you have to hate to love him. Okay. First off, J Dub, I'm glad that you're finished. Now, <laughs> I'll, to quote Easy, we discussed this. We discussed this. <laughs> that Fatal 4-Way match, no one, no one in the entire WWE universe was looking at the, was looking, was checking for The Miz that night. Everyone was either looking for Sami Zayn, Cesaro, or Kevin Owens in that match. They were not even interested and who won? It says and says yeah, Miz well, he, defeats he those win? three people. How did he win? Who helped him? The Miz defeats these three people. Yeah, on paper, but we all seen the match. <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, the and Miz also, was awesome in that match. Awesome. You know, you, you keep he was you, okay. Right. You it's like, you know, you, you keep mentioning all these other great wrestlers. The WWE universe wants to see them, they don't want to see the Miz. If you want to take it one step further, The Miz defeated the WWE Universal Champion. That's how important the Intercontinental Championship is. That's why The Miz needs to keep the belt. That's why The Miz is the per- is the reason that belt is more prestigious than it once was. Because The Miz brings that star quality that you hate to love. <laughs> you have to admit it. He's the heel that she makes that builds your baby, your favorite baby face up that you want to see whoop ass. That's a think awesome quality. We, that we all we all know <laughs> that Ellsworth is the next Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, dude. I mean, like, 
like like we said, don't get it wrong. Like Miz is he's phenomenal on the mic. You know, even when he flips over to make you know to make it an M when he has um. You know, when he had the WWE Championship and he defeated John Cena at WrestleMania in the main event. You know, wait, how wait, many people okay. have defeated John Cena in the main event at WrestleMania for the WWE oh. Championship? Okay, The Rock has not even defeated. But the, you, you defeated keep, John Cena you, at WrestleMania. What happened? For the what happened to the Miz after that match? What happened to the Miz after that match? Because I could have sworn that he was like in a whole bunch of matches with our truth. <laughs> No, what? he wasn't. He still has wasn't a WWE championship. That's why he beat the. That's why he beat John Cena. But we're going to switch. This, but you this know what? Like we're going to we're going to close. We're going to close it out because we're getting off no, track. No, we're not about to close gonna it close, out. We're going to close <laughs> it out. Easy has it. No, without TLC. <laughs> now we're going to switch gears because now that TLC is done, where does SmackDown go from here? We still have AJ Styles with the championship. We have a heel turn with. We have a heel turn with Ellsworth. Where do you go? Where do you, where do we go from here? We're just going to I'm going to just go quick round circle 30 seconds. Go with uh, we're going to go with our special guest, the kid easy. Let me know what do you think happens with SmackDown? 30 seconds or less. Let us know how you how, wait. What do you think's next? Um, well, SmackDown's in this strange position. I mean, they got what wow, maybe six weeks before their next pay per view, not even including the Royal Rumble. So I think right now it's going to be a bunch more Ellsworth. Uh, Dean embarrassing him, and then Ellsworth still embarrassing him back and forth. I don't think we're going to see Cena anytime soon. So, basically going to be the AJ show, pretty much. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I mean, SmackDown has nothing but to go higher, um, especially coming off of the pay-per-view. And with the women's division on SmackDown, with the world title pitcher, even with the Intercontinental um, Championship, um, Daniel Bryan being the uh, the general, you know, for the being a general manager, it's it's definitely it's definitely um, a plus. I see that it's going, it can go anywhere. Yeah, I b- also believe that it's going to be the AJ show for a while. Um, I mean, at some point, you know, Undertaker supposedly back full time, so they're going to have to work him some storylines in there. Um, I also I heard that Ty Dillinger has been beefing with The Miz on Twitter. So I'm thinking that might come to fruition soon. So I, I, I think SmackDown is going to keep killing it on Tuesday nights. Yeah, I'm a big fan of SmackDown. I'm looking forward to just uh, Miz's continued Intercontinental Championship Tour, retour. Looking forward to the AJ Styles show and the face that runs the place, the champ that runs the camp, and the eventual AJ Styles Undertaker pay-per-view match that needs to be happening at the Royal Rumble. If you ha- if it hasn't happened, you heard it here first. Give us our credit, WWE. We are at NWA and on Twitter or at Instagram at New Wrestling Alliance and you Wrestling Alliance. But before we switch gears, now before we switch gears, we're gonna do another round of our hot table. And what you gonna do? Yeah, you remember how we did at the start of the show? So, Chris Jericho, easy, take it away. Still not quite a legend, but he's greater than he's ever been right now. I would have to concur. He is doing the greatest work of his career. I love Chris Jericho right now. Drink it in, man. Bret Hart. He ushered in the slow era of technical wrestling. I'm okay with him. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I feel like he was definitely, he definitely held down the WWE in those crucial 90, in those crucial early 90 um, uh, years. Yeah, definitely Brett is the original best in the world. And uh, also, he is never bitter. He always just tells the truth. (laughs) Owen Hart. Gone too soon, man. Gone too soon. A really great wrestler. I really wish that I um, that we got to see him wrestle more. I had. I feel like he would have been um, probably even better than Brett. I am not a nugget. Triple H. Legendary by default. Overrated. Sean is better. King of the sledgehammer. Shawn Michaels. Oh man, the greatest. My favorite cartoon character. Definitely not the greatest, but I'm happy he found his smile. <laughs> Pat Patterson. Nah. He was IC champion when it actually mattered. Ouch. 
that burns. Uh, yeah, probably the, one of the many Intercontinental Champions better than Miz. And none of y'all wanted to say the creator of the Royal Rumble. Shame on y'all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man. Before his time, honestly. Yeah, I have to agree. He badass. An amazing battle rapper. Hulk Hogan. Be a man, Hogan. Uh, I liked him better in the NWO. My favorite Hogan moment was when Randy Orton RKO'd him on the back of that car. (laughs) (laughs) Mick Foley. I don't think Mick gets a lot of respect for everything he did. Um, An innovator. I think he's more than a stunt double. I think that he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Best promos in a boiler room that I've ever seen. And we're going to stop it right there because Mick Foley just so happens to be the general manager of television's longest-running weekly episodic television show on, on cable network, WWE Monday Night Raw champion Kevin Owens. He's your universal champion. I really don't know. Um, Raw seems to be all over the place for me. I'm just going, just tell me, I'm just going to give you the bounce pass easy. Tell me just your thoughts and views on Raw right now. I think it's a sinking ship. And um, there's a lot of things they need to fix. Uh, The most direct thing they could do, even though I'm not sure how possible it is right now, they got to cut it to two hours because the stuff that SmackDown is able to get to us in two hours is amazing. And watching Raw is exhausting. Like, it's not even like it's three hours that keeps your attention. It's just very draining when it's over. And it's actually it's longer than three hours. I think it ends at like 11.15, 11.20 now. So that's a really, really long time to just watch a, what's supposed to be a setup show every week. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I literally fall asleep on Raw and have to probably stream it either later that night or the next day. Um, I feel like they have to do a lot of changes. This whole changing the ring purple with the purple shit for for the um, for the cruiserweight division is just irrelevant. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like it takes literally like close to like 30 minutes just to tape the purple on the ropes and retape it back when another match is about to be next. Then they do it twice a night and it's weird. Um, the women's division, they're going to have to step it up. Um, I feel like Sasha with the belt, she definitely has potential to um, I feel like she needs to just be in another feud with someone else just to build it up so that we can kind of get away from Charlotte Flair, but I feel like Charlotte Flair is going to be, you know, they're going to have to continue that matchup because who else, you know, was there until, um, you know, until someone comes back or I don't know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with all those statements. It's uh, Raw is just kind of roaming around in all aspects. Uh, like, I definitely don't understand why they need to take the ropes anymore now that the cruiserweight division has their own show which means you know we know (laughs) that they're cruiserweights you don't have to change the ropes for us to recognize that these are cruiserweights wrestling um and then like i really don't know what's going on with the women's division it seems like it's kind of stalled like they don't have any other (laughs) like i know they have other women talent it's just like but they only focus <laughs> on Charlotte and uh, Sasha. And then, you know, ba- Bailey comes in and does a Bailey to belly from time to time. And then that, that's their women's division. Yeah, I, um, it's, it's just, it's just out of sync. It just, they need some type of uh, revamp to it. Uh, maybe if they can call Karma. <laughs> you know, also. I would have to say that still the, one of the top heels on Raw, who I'm still impressed with, is Rusev. Rusev is going hard for his lady, man. <laughs> he is going hard for her, and I mean, you can't you can't blame him. Um, I feel like his um, his feud with uh, with Enzo um, 
last Monday was uh, was pretty was pretty entertaining. Um, I feel like he's rocking it. Um, of course, Kevin Owens, of course, you know, Chris Jericho, um, who's like I said earlier, is, you know, in the best of his career. And he definitely deserves um, a title shot soon. Jay, what do you think? Raw to me reeks of WCW Monday Nitro. Three hours is exhausting. Not to mention the the hour pre-show. It's a marathon. You're supposed to want people to still want more and more. I'm sorry. I used to live tweet. Yes, listeners, I I understand. I used to live tweet during Raw. (laughs) Motherfuckers get tired now. 8 to 11 after work. Can't live tweet, but I will give you I will give you feedback. Just add us once again at we are NWA. But Raw's just I agree. I don't want to say it's a sinking ship because there's great things out there. There's Roman, that's who's doing well. It's Seth who's being Seth. You got KO, you got Jericho. Like there's good stuff going on, but three hours is too long, especially when you have to, especially when I'm go I don't even want to go back on my rant about the cruiserweights again. It's the blueprint is the you can be efficient on SmackDown with two hours. Why can't we get that back with Raw? So it's just like I don't understand. Like they have three hours and they only still use some of their talent. Like even with the New Day, there's only (laughs) (laughs) so we're supposed to believe that there's only three tag teams in the tag team division because they only beat uh. The club and the uh, Cesaro and Shane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've already beat them like how many four times? Yeah. There's no other tag teams that they could beat on their way to beat the record. And then they had the audacity, the audacity <laughs> to bring out the big show. To bring out the big show. <laughs> they beat the Bond villains also. They had the audacity to bring out filler wrestler in the big show. <laughs> Jeez. Well, let me back up a little bit. When I say sinking ship, I do acknowledge that Raw has like so many stranded superstars there and let's be honest, Raw should still be the flagship show, but it's like you look at the cruiserweights, why are they even exclusive to Raw right now? Like why can't they just float back and forth because they have their own show? Clearly, there's no need for them to be exclusive at all. <laughs> and then Raw has all these um major stars like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, who we only see once every six weeks. Like, I don't really... Oh, and Triple H, because he's only going to work on that show. <laughs> um, I don't really know what their end game is with a lot of their stars that are always in limbo. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely that person that, like, holds on to all their draw fours till the end of the game. And then they still lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but don't forget the tag team. They still got um Primo and uh, is it their brother or cousin Epico, whatever. <laughs> Are they selling like Puerto Rican um They're like, selling Puerto Rican timeshares. <laughs> yeah. Like so also like how come nobody complained about the Enzo and uh Lana thing, but they went crazy about the rock and Lana thing. And it's the same exact thing. Well, we all know that race is always an issue in the <laughs> United States. And it's apparent that it's an issue in the WWE. You mean to tell me somebody that appropriated black culture isn't just trying to get profiled because of the color of their skin? <laughs> yeah. But let them tell it. So, I mean, I, the thing is, I, we say that in the sense that I, I do believe that Raw is still a strong show. It's just that SmackDown's clicking on all cylinders. They're efficient. But I'm still going to tune in. I hate the fact that I'm going to tune in every Monday to watch Raw. Granted, I'll probably, I'll probably tune in an hour later and DVR it so I can skip commercials and not have to go through some of the filler matches. But... I still want to see most of what goes on. It's just too too thinned out. Yeah, and and if Sasha doesn't win this last pay per view, I'm I'm done watching the women's division. <laughs> 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 We're boycotting. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, because we all know that she's just going to win like a ladder match on Raw and then, <laughs> and get it back until the next pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm losing interest uh, with her. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 going it's it's gone on too long. You know. I mean, I don't understand because they keep promoting this record that Charlotte has on pay-per-views. So basically, are they telling us like she's never gonna lose like a pay-per-view <laughs> match ever? That's that's what it <laughs> seems like. <laughs> and is it Mick Foley that decides that they're just gonna have like? 10 to 20 of the same matches, because it was his idea for the Seamus versus Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> it's lazy booking, lazy booking, lazy booking. Yeah. Come on, Honestly, the thing is, this, the thing is, some of these They need better writers. Themselves. Themselves, yeah. Like, I mean, hire us. Hey, I'm telling you, we already got the downloads on. We're starting the movement. Raw is coming to Philadelphia next Monday, December 12th. Make sure you download. If you see me in the parking lot, give me a holler. P1, J-Dub, <laughs> two thumbs up. But here's the thing, though. Here's what, what Even while we're ragging on Raw, you know the fact is, like, their next pay-per-view outside of Roadblock, it's all going to come full circle to the Royal Rumble. What do you think is going to happen with Brock Lesnar and, and Bill Goldberg in the Royal Rumble? How does the road to WrestleMania shape up at the Royal Rumble? I'm going to toss it to the opposite way this time. Imp. What are your thoughts? What's going to happen in Rumble time? And how do we get the road to WrestleMania started? I'm really, really hoping that we get the uh, face-off between Brock Lesnar and uh, Goldberg inside the Rumble. But I'm hoping that Goldberg <laughs> eliminates Brock. And then Brock just, you know, goes into a, a little roid rage, gets back in, and eliminates Goldberg. I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of on this. I'm, I'm, on the fence, I'm not sure what to feel. How do you feel about this, Ichi? Um, yeah, I'm still on the fence with this one. I would I would need to see another um, appearance by Brock Lesnar so that I can kind of see, you know what I'm saying, like where his head is at, um, you know, especially after that loss to Goldberg um, from Survivor Series. So it'll, I feel like it'll definitely be... Um, interesting to see i'm not sure how how it's going to play out um i feel like neither are going to actually win the royal rumble um yeah i'm not sure like who might take it I, i'll probably know like in a the next time that we have a podcast some of my predictions easy what you thinking um i think the rumble is going to be weird because Usually, in the way, when they bring back like the surprise entrance, it's a surprise, but they've already told us Goldberg, they told us Brock Lesnar. I don't expect either one of them to win. And it's kind of weird because I feel like way back in like 04, it's like the same exact thing. Like either Goldberg or Brock was in the match and one eliminated the other, and that caused the other to get eliminated. And it was just, <laughs> and that forced the match to WrestleMania. I feel like it's the same thing all over again. <laughs> but um, Bingo. as far as who's gonna win it, I, I honestly, do we even know if it's um a situation where the it might be for the title again? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean the rumble's in the air. I mean, I think the I think the writing's on the wall. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the build for the eventual WrestleMania Goldberg Goldberg Brock match. I think that. Brock gets and Brock eliminates Goldberg or Goldberg. No, I'm thinking Goldberg eliminates Brock and Brock comes back in, tosses Goldberg out, leading to that feud. I don't know. I doubt it's going to be for the for the title. I think it's going. I think you're going to have. I think we're going to first off get Ellsworth the fuck out the way so we can get the <laughs> so, so we can get so we can get at at the Royal Rumble, AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. We'll also get Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho possibly at the at the Rumble. Maybe, just maybe, we'll get Kevin Nash, who is the one that beat the one in twenty one and one. Please <laughs> not get a taser. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so I am looking forward. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with the world titles on those shows because that, because. When they do have the whole roster, the super roster, they do put on a hell of a show, and that's going to kick off our our road to WrestleMania. I don't know who would, I don't know who could win the Royal Rumble, because 
I don't know who I don't know who Vince wants to close the show. In the dream world, would AJ Styles close the show versus the winner of the Royal Rumble? Hell yeah. Now, how likely is that going to happen? I just I just don't know if it's going to be John Cena that wins the Royal Rumble and the Undertaker defeats AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble and we get uh, and we get the Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania. I don't know. Mm. But I'm just I'd, ra- take- I'd rather see AJ Styles versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, I concur. Well, I kind of think the best case scenario is John Cena has to be in the main event in some way, especially if he's a full part-timer now, you know. Uh, I don't, and they say the Undertaker's a full-timer again, but what does that even mean for him? Like, is he going to wrestle three months in a row and then disappear? Or <laughs> what is full-time for the Undertaker? He's full-time for the part-time. Like, is he going to be in a tag team match every couple of weeks to <laughs> get him warmed up? Like, I don't know. What's Wait. full-time for him? We're not having the Undertaker in a tag team match. Stop that. <laughs> He's not tagging with. Who are you going to tag him with? Who? Ellsworth. I'm telling you. Ellsworth's the new minion. <laughs> I guess Kane, maybe. <laughs> I was going to mention Kane, but. <laughs> anyway, so, so on that note, you see, we're, we see we're, we're almost, we're, we're getting ready for the road to WrestleMania. Our palettes are getting wet paws. So. Now we're going to get ready for one more last roundtable shootout. And what you gonna do? Y'all know the drill. This time, our theme is going to be underground wrestlers that made it to the top. CM Punk. Best in the world. Best in the world. Well, by this criteria, yeah, probably best in the world. Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson? Sad ending. It was too injury prone. It was uh, he was pushed. He was pushed too hard by the universe. The guy that never won a match on NXT. <laughs> Seth Rollins, also known as Tyler Black, has really really bad luck. I'm impressed with his wrestling technique. CrossFit Jesus. Dean Ambrose, better known as John Moxley. So happy he doesn't have pink hair. I'm not sure if it's the jeans that makes him a slower wrestler or... (laughs) The jeggings. (laughs) Honestly, he's probably, like, number three in this feud with AJ and James Ellsworth now. (laughs) (laughs) He's moved to three. Bobby Roode. Glorious. Glorious! I would have to say... I love his song. The best thing on NXT right now. Samoa Joe. Top heel. When he's not injuring anybody, I like him. Um, It was a great match that he had with uh, Nakamura. How old is he? I feel like he's been on NXT for like two years now. It's kind of getting old at this point. Evan Bourne, better known as Matt Sedidal. Is he still alive? I I really enjoy watching him wrestle. Um, I really I wish that WWE didn't suspend him for what was it like? Um, he was what he was doing K two. <laughs> it was something with the synthetic marijuana. I don't know, but I felt like those suspensions just really kind of his career with the WWE. The first guy to be put in an RKO out of nowhere, me, Rob Van Dam. The best working pothead I know. I was going to mention the week, but uh, he was definitely one of uh, my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> I said, speaking of the pot, it was RVD. I mean, what else do you want me to say? Last but not least, Eddie Guerrero. Lie, cheat, steal. Legend. Love the frog splash. Viva la Rasta. And viva la Rasta. The way that we're the way that we're feeling is not same is not the way that some people were feeling, unfortunately, at NXT. I'm gonna hand the microphone over to Emp. 
please tell us a little bit about the story that you know and that I that, that I think that I know that you felt very passionately about that you wanted to highlight on the show today. Well, there's been reports that over on uh, at an uh, NXT event, uh, a wrestler by the name of Cien Andrade was wrestling, and uh, he started to receive uh, chants from the NXT crowd saying, build a wall. And it's just kind of disheartening to know that uh, our fellow wrestling fans are, uh, there's some racist ones out there. And Ichi, I know you're chomping at the bit to jump at this topic. Here's an alley-oop. Go slam dunk it away. Yeah, this is is definitely, um, it it does kind of come with the territory when you talk about the United States of America with racism. But Certain things you really got to, you know, chill out on. You don't want to disrespect the wrestler, especially when, you know, they've worked that hard to get into those positions that they're in. And, you know, to, to you know, to witness that type of, um, you know, racial encounter is, it has to be heartbreaking, you know, for him. But I think Kempe even said that he kind of like held it together. Um, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, disappointed pointed with uh, the NXT crowd for for that um but I mean it's not like the WWE has not done other like you know racial type um characters or stereotypes you know it's it kind of come you know it kind of comes um like I said with the territory when you're talking about America and the WWE equals like a you know they they pinpoint a lot of things that happen, you know in mainstream, <clears throat> in you know in the mainstream media and things like that all relates back to a lot of the storylines that you might see too, especially if you think about Rusev with Russia and you know when um, Wanda guys are there, but it's just it's it's uncalled for and they gotta chill. Well, that and you know I'm already tired of the NXT crowd trying to take over shows. And I feel like this just took it to a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just crazy to think that uh you know I, talk about I mean they I talk about it show after show after show. Yeah. Fans, you have to stop hijacking the shows. These people are out there performing, put it perfecting their craft. And if you all are there to enjoy the show, you are not the show. Stop being selfish. If you want to be selfish, step out there in the ring, go to a wrestling academy, put your ass on the line, then hope that you can perform in front of millions of people and actually be appreciated instead of just saying some funny shit just because y'all want to be famous on TV for a few minutes. Why the fuck you want to talk about building a wall? You cannot be that (laughs) ignorant. And if you are that ignorant, sign off of this podcast. We don't want to hear you here. Trust me. I don't want you here. We don't want you here. This is all about love. This is all about something that we actually are passionate about and something that we actually appreciate. So why are you going to bring that hateful tone here? Stop it. Oh, my brother, testify. Wrestling fans are very fickle, as we've all seen. And uh, I think at this point in time, we all enjoy the product as an escape from reality. And when you hear stuff like that and you see stuff like that, it's sort of like, okay, this is the world we're in. And, um... Like Imp said, like just the hijacking the shows, period. Like that's something that it was okay in the beginning, but now it's just become so often and so you really gotta stop. Like nobody's here for that. Nobody's paying to see that. And at the end of the day, you wanna see a good product and it's interfering with the product. So it's a lot of things that gotta be changed. Um unfortunately the fans aren't going away. Uh so I really, and the worst part about the WWE in general, they like to play off of it. So if anything, we're going to start to see more Hispanic characters sort of feed into that hate. And because that's just what Vince McMahon does, let's be honest. Um, and the fans are going to react to it. So I really don't know if there's a solution to it at all. Exactly. <laughs> what was the name of that group that uh, Conan used to have? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's even with um, like, like you can even think about Epico, uh, Epico. Um, you know, it's just like these. And Primo. 
Yeah, and primo, you know, well, primo means cousin in Spanish. That's just, just crazy. But <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, even when the Los Barricos was out, like back in the 90s with Savio Vega and things like that. I mean, you know, the WWE has always kind of like played into this. Um, but I think at most, it's, it's just how awful the creative team is sometimes. Like, this is all they got. Well, like, and, even... and that too is just that, you know, you people's personal bias does play a part into their craft and their art and their music. It, it just, it just does, you know what I'm saying? Just us as people. So, you know, it's those, some of the writers, they just, they don't know black people. They don't know, you know, our experience. They can only kind of like go off of, you know, stereotypes because that's all they know. They don't want to get to know, you know, you know, give, you know, some of these black and Spanish wrestlers, um, you know, some characters that, you know, are you know, uplifting, you know, or something like that, and not a stereotype, not always dancing, not always rapping, you know, things like that. I mean, gosh, I really can't stand when our truth uh, raps. I mean, I don't necessarily, um, you know, not like him in the ring, but um, yeah, it's you're like, not, dude. You're not buying his album. We no, guess. no. We understand you're not going to buy his album. No. So it's fine. But I mean, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, that's just some part of the things that we have, we as a society have to face. And here at the New Wrestling Alliance, we're all about positivity. The power of positivity. And on that, we're going to try and shift away from this negativity and focus on something that's positive as we begin to wrap up the show. We've been doing a little bit of a roundtable discussion this time. We're just going to go in a quick round table, give you 30 seconds, say your pardoning words, and what it is that you most appreciate about this past, this episode that we just finished recording. I'm going to toss it to our guest host, the Kid Easy. You're on the clock in three, two, one. I think, um, obviously, it's my first time really chatting it up with you guys, but I think our appreciation for SmackDown as a whole was pretty fun and good to go over and just makes you appreciate everything that WWE is doing in that regard. And it kind of disappoints you as far as where they're dropping the ball on Raw. But um, we can all agree that uh, SmackDown is the premier product right now. And it's something that we all just are looking forward to in the future. Yeah, I I'll can agree. Pass. Ichi, your, your ball, your turn. Yeah, I was gonna say I can uh, I can definitely agree with that. I'm more looking forward to um, I really want the Raw brand to step the game up as far as the women's division, um, as far as the SmackDown brand, their gold, um, AJ freaking Styles. I mean, come on, you can't go wrong with that guy. That means we'll slide that right over down to you and take it away. Yeah. I'm also uh, happy with the product that uh, SmackDown has given us. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with uh, just in general with uh, the new talent and then also with The Undertaker. Um, I'm pretty excited for the Royal Rumble this year. I think it's going to be really entertaining. Um, I really need Raw to step it up. They have so much talent, and I just want to see them utilize it. And I actually would like both shows to stop using the Mark Cam. The Mark Cam is just really annoying me. I don't want to see members of the WWE universe. I don't have any problems with the WWE universe. I just don't want to cut from the match every just, couple of seconds to see, to see somebody's reaction. reaction. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I'm, I mean, I could, you know, like once or twice is fine, but not every, you know, couple of minutes. Also, remove the purple. <laughs> the purple tape. The Please. purple tape. Please Remove. get rid of the purple tape. You can leave it on the. You can leave it on the their show, which is on Tuesdays, live two o five live, but <laughs> on Raw, <laughs> stop putting the purple tape. Boom. I'm gonna start ending it off. Keep listening. Keep advertising. We are NWA. We're seven episodes in. Just wait till you see what we got starting. Episode 8 and the road to WrestleMania. I'm the man P1J Dub. To my left, your right, it's the man known as Imp. 
send them away. Again, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, listening to us, and we're going to catch you guys next time. And to go back off that, this is the number one guy, Darius Ichi. Thank you guys for listening. Black Lives Matter. Black wrestlers matter. Last but not least, our special guest closes out easy. All right. Once again, this was the NWA podcast. We'll see y'all soon. This has been a production of the ETMF Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out etmfpodcast.com to find more information on all of the shows.